What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the latest edition of the Birds of Broad Street podcast. We took a little break. We're back now to recap another Eagles loss this week against the Giants. A stinker, 17-27. to Me and James jump in, talk about the lack of production on offense, talk about what's going on with Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, and kind of discuss a few things moving forward. I hope you enjoy this one. Alright guys, we're back after a long break. Obviously on a sour note, the Eagles lose a stinker to the Giants 27-17. to A lot to unpack in this game and a lot to talk about Eagles-wise going forward, um, especially this season. Uh, James, what were some of your takeaways from this past Sunday's game? I just saw the team look very lethargic and they just didn't have the energy that I expected coming out of the bye week. I got really excited getting all these big-name players back like Sanders, Goddard, um, Lane Johnson, Peters. I mean, Peters is still playing well the past two weeks. All these big-name guys were coming back in, and I'm thinking, you know what? This this offense is going to be more electric than it's ever been. And then just to not be able to execute and go 0 for 9 on third down was just a big shock to me, especially against the Giants. It's just like after two weeks, you had two weeks to prepare. And you come out like that where you drop a division game that's really going to hurt your chances of making the playoffs. It kind of just blows my mind. It kind of reflects all back to the coaching that this is what you did for two weeks and this is how much your team prepared. Yeah, before the before we even got to this game, um, I called the Giants game, this Giants game, the, the biggest game of the season so far for the Eagles, which, of course, will be next week's game. The reason I thought it was such a big game and such an important game for the Eagles to come out, win the game, and win it uh, handedly is because they were as healthy as this team has probably been since Doug got here. I mean, outside of Carson's rookie year, we weren't really paying attention to stars being healthy because we didn't really have any. But when you get Miles back, uh, we thought we were going to get Sumalo back, but that didn't happen. But you have, you know, Peters and, and Kelsey – and Lane Johnson on the line, you got three pro bowlers. You got your stud running back. You get Alshon back in the mix with a group of wide receivers that had been playing well with Travis. Um, Goddard's back, and he's healthy, ready to roll. And then on defense, you're not really missing much outside of Craig James, really. And to have um, that performance off the bye week was very demoralizing. Uh, I feel like a lot of people that cover the Eagles and fans – uh, are just left searching for answers. They don't know what to think. Um, I won't give up hope yet, but that was a very, very bad outing and um, just leaves a lot of us just feeling like there's not uh, much hope for the season. Yeah, that, that that was the biggest thing is for me is I wanted to see something in that game that we could build off of and I can hang my hat on to be excited for against Cleveland and going forward for the rest of the season. But it seems like I saw the same things on offense and defense that I've been seeing for the first eight weeks. I saw no rhythm on the play calling. I don't think Doug Peterson rolled Carson Wentz out of the pocket until like the third quarter. And he did it for two straight plays and they were big gains. And then he stopped going to it, which makes no sense to me because the New York Giants are ranked like 
25th in the league against quarterbacks out of the pocket. So why wouldn't you use that as your strength and continuing to do that? And the fact that you waited all the way to the third quarter makes absolutely no sense. And you didn't give Miles Sanders the ball, even though he's averaging like 100 yards per carry. He's You only give it to him 15 times or so. And then from the defense, I saw the same thing all season long. You can't cover the misdirection runs or – the mixed misdirections RPOs like you're just getting killed on those left and right and Daniel Jones basically just walked in for a touchdown I saw nobody try to make an effort to tackle him whatsoever it, it looked like guys were hiding behind the uh, the Giants receivers so they didn't have to make a hit on Daniel Jones like I know Daniel Jones is a big dude but come on pop him in the mouth like you know show some some heart and some fire I just didn't see any of it on Sunday yeah it was a very tough game to watch um for me, I'm completely over the the Carson Wentz. Blame it on Carson. Uh, he could have thrown another two, three picks in this game, and I still um, don't think that he's the issue with this team. I think it, it starts and ends with Doug. I think Doug's a good coach. I think he's uh, a top coach in this league. I just – I don't like him as the play caller right now. I don't know if uh, the reports of, you know, everything that I've been hearing the past couple days of – you know, too many voices in his ear because he does have a lot of senior offensive assistants that, you know, he takes input from for uh, the week's game plan. Going into the game, uh, does Carson have too many people in his ears? Is it the same thing as Doug? Is Does everything just need to be simplified because you have too much talent on this offense to not produce and to look that, like you said, lethargic and just stale on offense to where – you know, most teams in the league um, outside of the Eagles. I mean, there's a, there's a few teams in the NFL that have a lot more uh, offensive firepower than the Eagles. But, you know, with two of the best tight ends in the league, one of the best young stud running backs in the league, um, when healthy, one of the best offensive lines, a good collection of young dynamic receivers in Rager and Fulgham and, and Ward, and then you throw Alshon back into it. Um, not a lot of teams can say that they have – you know, that many dynamic playmakers on offense at all those positions. And those offenses hum, and those offenses hum because of the coaching. Coaches can put subpar players in position to succeed and game plan points and yards and big plays. And I just feel like either Doug's lost his touch or there's too much going on in these offensive meetings that um, is clouding um, how to use these players, you know. Why are we yeah. seeing difference in, in what Travis Fulgham's doing? Why are we not leaning on Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, who seem to uh, make big plays whenever they got the ball against the Giants? Why are we um, forcing things that don't need to be forced? I just feel like if Doug can have a moment of self-reflection and say that maybe this isn't working, maybe it's not working for me. I'm not saying he needs to give up play calling, but if he doesn't want to do that, he needs to find a solution, make a fix simplify things go back to what works lean on the run game um that's just all i gotta say i think this this loss in the past few weeks of um offensive dis dysfunction fall on doug and not carson and the players yeah i think you you know hit the nail on the head uh because i'm not ready to give up on carson or doug yet i've both seen them do it before i don't want to throw either one of them under the bus and place the blame on them because we saw it last year. It wasn't that long ago. It's not like they had much to work with last year and they were still able to get the job done. And then 
it's just like there, there's a phrase that if you have too many cooks in the kitchen, it's not going to work out because you got so many different voices in your ear telling you to do one thing. So I feel like that's it's probably the same for Doug and Carson. You got so many different offensive coordinators on that staff telling you to do a million different things at once. And then when it comes to game day, it just all unravels on you because there's not one main focus. And, you know, that's what I feel like is going on here. And if Doug, you know, doesn't get it under control, if he doesn't stick to one main focus or, you know, alter his play calling to match what Carson likes, then this thing's going to continue to get worse. And for the first eight weeks, everybody wanted to blame Carson Wentz. And then I read this tweet that made a lot of sense to me. Um, Wentz did exactly what people wanted him to do this Sunday. He did not play hero ball whatsoever. He stayed within the structure. Yes, he missed a couple of throws, but guess what? Every quarterback misses a couple of throws on Sunday. And they still had absolutely no offense. So without Wentz being able to play hero ball, they still were not able to score more than 20 points. You need Wentz to make these out-of-body plays just so your offense can score 20 plus points. And obviously we weren't able to see that because he probably was listening to all the coaches and he was like, you know what? I have to stay within the structure. I can't make any more turnovers. And that's what he did. And guess what? We still had no rhythm on offense and there was still no firepower and we still only scored. How much did we score? 17 points. I think it was. Yeah, Yeah. it was 17 points. Ridiculous, man. Uh, To think that, um, Doug can't even in game. I mean, out, out of the game is one, you know, thing in game is another, but when you coming off a bye week and, um, you just can't figure it out against a giants team who, you know, they have a respectable defense, but they're still the three and seven giants, um, is just, that's the issue. That's what we need to fix. And whether Doug has an ego problem that, you know, I'm Doug Peterson, I was the play caller when we won the Super Bowl. My offense works. We've been in the playoffs the last three years. My offense works. My offense works. Um, I hope that's not the case because I would hope Doug is smarter than that. Uh, There needs to be a change, whether that's a philosophy uh, or um, switching up who calls the plays. Something has to change going into the next week um, against the Cleveland Browns because there's just too much dysfunction on this offense. And and that really bothers me is that, the bye week was when we were supposed to get it figured out. We were supposed to get um, everybody on the same page, the coaching staff and the players to get rolling for the second half of the season. And then you come out like that and you expect everything to change on a short week. See, that's where I have little faith is I don't believe everything's going to change on a short week. Yeah. I believe all the teams that we have coming up are not as good as everybody thinks they are. Yeah. They're good teams, but they all are beatable. I just don't think we're good enough to beat them right now because Doug hasn't showed me anything like anything from the past eight weeks that he's willing to change what he's doing. And it doesn't look like the guys he has in his ear are all on the same page. So I really do think that the Eagles are just going to continue to struggle. And, you know, every time a week passes, I feel like we're getting closer and closer to having a big change this offseason. Which I, th- I thought about that today after, you know, hearing the news from uh, Mike Silver saying that, that if this downward spiral continues um, this season with the Eagles, that there could be big changes this offseason with um, Doug or Carson or both, which I think would be a really big mistake. 
I think that um, there's football minds much smarter than me and you. And I think that those are the type of people that are employed by um, football teams. If, mm-hmm. if Howie and Jeff and, you know, uh, Andy can't look at this and say, we have the pieces, we have the talent. Uh, what's, what's the issue. If you guys can't figure out the issue um, and think that it's, you know, this just doesn't work together. We got to blow this up. We got to move on and move forward. I think that's the wrong move. I think Doug, Doug showed you you can win the Super Bowl. Carson showed you that he's the reason that that 2017 team won the Super Bowl. And I one big point on 2017, I hate that we always bring it up. That's, you know, what else are we going to hang our hat on as Eagles fans, though? But 2017 seems like forever ago, right? The reason you can't blow this up and give up on this team is because there are still so many players from that 2017 roster still on this team. Okay, whether they've gotten older, they've regressed, um, whatever you want to say, you still have Carson Wentz, you still have Zach Ertz, you still have Jason Peters, Kelsey, Lane Johnson, um, uh, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, Rodney McLeod. You still have a bunch of guys from that team that still are on this 2020 roster and that could still be around in 2021. and I know people get older and, you know, they regress and stuff like that. But um, that's why I'm not ready to, to call the season. That's why I think that once they get something figured out on offense and defense, because it's been a little suspect the past few weeks, um, once you get it figured out and something clicks, this team can compete with some of the best in the NFC. That's why it's so hard to throw in the towel because there is still so much talent on this team. Yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I really don't want to throw it all away right now because I do think there's a lot of talented players still on this team. And if we can get it clicking, you, you're you a dangerous team if you can get it clicking because you just have those type of playmakers, especially with everybody coming back off of injury. I know Zach Ertz just opened up the 21-day practice window. And if you think he's going to be any worse than he was the first few weeks, you're stupid. He's a, He's a future Hall of Famer, you know. He's, he's a great player. He's going to make plays. So that's like my, my question is not, is this team good enough? My, more of my question is, can this team execute and can they all get on the same page? And that's what I'm worried about is there's just some major dysfunction on this team. And I'm not blaming Doug and Carson because I still think that both of them belong in the NFL and they both should be on this team. I think it would be a huge mistake to let one of them go after the, you know, years of success you've already had with them. We've been in the playoffs every year the past three years, and we also got a a championship to prove it. So, you know, letting one of them go, I feel like, you know, you would kick yourself down the road for, but you do need somebody in here either calling plays or working one-on-one, like hand-in-hand with Carson Wentz, like Frank Wright did. You don't have to get Frank Wright specifically, but you need to bring somebody in here who's going to put Carson in the best position to win. And then you also need somebody who's also going to help Doug put the team in the best position to win, specifically the offense, because I think Doug can rally around the guys. I know the team loves Doug. They play hard for him usually. But there's something with this play calling that's so predictable, and it doesn't even look close to what it looked like last year towards the end of the season. I wasn't that upset with the play calling because I understood it. You didn't have that many guys on offense. So there wasn't much you could do. But now you have a lot of this speed, and you got some playmakers back, 
and your offense still looks like this, that that's a problem to me. You you should be leaning on the run, like you said earlier in the podcast, is that Miles Sanders is one of the best players in the NFL, and the fact that you're not leaning on him and you know utilizing him more, it's a shame. It's it's only going to make Carson's job harder, and it's only going to make these young wide receivers' job harder. So I feel like they're just overcomplicating the offense way too much. And you need to get somebody in here to simplify it more and do what's going to help Carson Wentz be more successful. Okay. I got a really, really tough question for you. Okay. All right. So let's say, let's say a change comes this off season. Who, okay. who, who would you, if you had to get rid of one, who would you choose? Would it be Doug or would it be Carson? Uh, I, I would have to go with Doug. Yep. Cause I'm still a firm believer that if you put Carson Wentz, on any other team in this league besides the New York Jets, he's going to succeed. Yep. I, I just think, like, especially if he went to – if you put him in Indy with um, Frank Wright or you put him in Chicago with John DeFilippio, it, it's going to be a match made in heaven, and he's going to destroy the league again like he did in 2017. I, I just think the situation that the Eagles have right now is so toxic that it's just that's the reason it's unraveling and things if people don't think things can get worse they definitely can we can definitely keep playing at this pace for the rest of the season and maybe only win one or two more games I don't know if we're going to make the playoffs with that we might Mm -hmm. but this can still continue to get worse and it we don't I I don't know what's going to happen and that's the thing it's just like you don't usually see big changes happen mid-season. Like, you don't see teams just be able to, like, turn the page like that, snap your finger, boom, you're a new team that that next week. You yeah. know, it, it happens rarely, but you don't see it every week, and that's why I think a lot of Eagles fans are starting to lose faith is because, um, you know, they don't think the team's going to be able to turn it around. Yeah, they blame it on the wrong reasons. Yeah, they're just blaming it on Carson Wentz, but because they're just an average Eagles fan, they don't really read into it much. But, you know, that that's the thing that scares me is that it, we're just going to keep continuing this pace for the rest of the season. And then you're just going to get more blame thrown on Carson Wentz. Yeah, I think if, if this trend continues and a change is made, I think it has to be Doug. Uh, as much as that pains me to say, because I love him. He delivered the first, you know, Super Bowl to to the Eagles, you know, franchise. And um, he did it with a with a roster that was injured. He, he didn't have Carson Wentz. He he didn't have Jason Peters. He didn't have a lot of guys that could have contributed. Um, but I think the reason you do that and you make the tough choice with getting rid of Doug is because it's a lot harder to find a franchise quarterback than it is to find a good head coach. Uh, I think there's a lot of good head coaches to be um, as assistants on other staffs right now. Of course, it's not as easy as just picking one and they become a great coach. But it's much harder to find – a franchise quarterback that you can stick in there uh, and have success with. I mean, uh, you still have teams that have been searching from the the Dolphins. I mean, it looks like two is the right guy, but how long have they been looking for a QB since Dan Marino left? Uh, how long have the Broncos been looking for a guy since Peyton Manning left? And before that, yeah. how long were they looking since John Elway walked out the door? So um, exactly. if you, you know that Carson Wentz can perform in this league, he did it in 2017, and my philosophy is – if I've seen you do it, then I know that you can. And if you're not doing it, I'm going to try to figure out why it's not working because I know you can be an elite QB. So um, my answer would be the same. I think Doug would be the person that would have to go. 
if this team continues down uh down this negative road that they're on right now but um another thing i want to talk about um jordan howard <laughs> interesting that uh that the dolphins waived him uh yeah. signed a, a two year deal with him i think for 9 and a half million uh the second year of the deal is non guaranteed so it's essentially a, a one year uh, $4.5 million deal, I believe, $5 million in the first year or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Whoever claims him um, wouldn't be on the hook for that full um, $5 million in the first year. I think they would just pay what's remaining on that, that first year, and then you could cut him next year without owing him any money. But my remedy for this Eagles team is Jordan Howard. It was Devontae Freeman. It was uh, Carlos Hyde. It was... Um, any running back worth a lick that was semi-available to the Eagles, carry on Johnson, Adrian Peterson, after he got cut, I need somebody that you can pair with Miles Sanders, not, not take any carries away from Miles Sanders, any snaps because he needs to be the bell cow, but to give seven to 12 carries a game and lean on the run game. If you're dug and you're looking for answers, if you're trying to figure out what works for this team, just go right back to 2017 with what worked and look at the formula. You ran the ball. You ran the ball with Jay Ajayi. You ran the ball with Garrett Blunt. Corey Clement had a fantastic rookie year. Uh, Kenyon Barner was there. Wendell Smallwood, you know, carried the ball a few times. You need to go back and look how you leaned on the run game, how that helped Carson in the offense, and how – Leaning on the run game helps the defense. I mean, it's not rocket science. Uh, football isn't. Um, I think coaches like to make it seem like it is, but you see the success Miles is having. You're getting Suomalo back next week. The offensive line is, you know, as healthy as it's going to be all year. Add a running back like Jordan Howard and lean on them. And lean on Boston Scott, too. He ripped off a big one. He can get it done. But – I need another big guy. I, I I don't feel comfortable giving Boston Scott 10 to 12 carries a game and expecting much out of him. But um, a one-two punch of Miles Sanders and, and Jordan Howard, um, I think would be the the secret sauce to figuring out this offense and simplifying it. Yeah, if you're able to bring Jordan Howard in, and I know we spoke about this before the trade deadline because I really wanted him to come back you arguably have a better running backfield than you had in 2017 and even last year because Miles Sanders is only a better player than he was uh, um, last year in his rookie year. And I I don't know what Jordan Howard's deal is. I don't know why he got waived if the Dolphins saw something that they didn't like in him. But he hasn't been used much since he was in Philadelphia last year, so you know his legs are fresh. And he could probably still get you those tough yards. I'm not really – worried if the speed is still there because we have running backs that have speed we have Sanders and we have Scott I think it's time to cut the ties off of Corey Clement I love him he's he's always going to be a Philly hero for the Super Bowl win but he just doesn't look like he has that juice anymore after the leg injury so if if you're able to bring in Jordan Howard and it's next to nothing I don't understand why you don't unless it's just stubbornness you don't feel like making any team changes right now the fact that you could lean on the run game and make your offense a hundred times easier. It, it's so simple that I, I just don't get why Philadelphia doesn't do that. Even if you don't pick up Jordan Howard, just lean on the run game more. You yeah. you have two great running backs. And what makes me so mad is because we talked about this earlier. 
who we would rather get rid of, Carson or Doug, and we both agree it would be Doug because we see every single Sunday offense is able to put up 30-plus points. So it's not that hard to find a play caller out there that can design an offense to score. We see it happen every Sunday. I think there's maybe two offenses, maybe a handful of offenses right now, the Jets, the Eagles, um, maybe Washington, that aren't able to put up points right now in football. I, I, I can't think of any more. I even see the Jaguars put up points. Yeah. So if you think it's it's that hard for for an offense to score, it's not. You see it happen every Sunday. So that's what infuriates me more is seeing these other teams just effortlessly, effortlessly like just do it effortless. I can't even pronounce that word. I'm so sick right now. I can't pronounce that word. They do it so easy, and the Eagles just can't. Yeah, I mean, uh, an offense that really aggravates me when I watch it is the Buffalo Bills. Um I know at this point, you know, people would call me an idiot or say that I don't know anything, but I do believe that Carson Wentz is a better QB than Josh Allen. Um, oh, yeah. Sean McDermott is just a monster with coaching. I think, um, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott are a better duo than Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. I think yeah. that um, I think that Stephon Diggs is a much better receiver than we have on our roster. But after that, I think Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rager – uh, Greg Ward and Alshon Jeffrey are better than John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Isaiah McKenzie. And even if even if we don't want to talk about Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard is extremely better than any tight end that they have on their team. How are they able to put up 30 points? You know, yeah, exactly. how are they able to reel off these big offensive performances? They put up 44 last week, okay? It was on the Seahawks' terrible defense, but – you're putting up 44 when you only have one name brand player in Stephon Diggs. The Eagles, yep. you have two premier tight ends. You have a good young group of dynamic wide receivers. You have Miles Sanders and Boston Scott and a nice offensive line when healthy. How are you not able to to score? And it, it just it, it's all it on Doug. I don't think it's on the players. It blows my mind. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Josh Allen roll out of the pocket. And those receivers were able to create space and he just makes simple throws to them and they get huge gain, after huge gain after huge game. It's just all play calling. It's all play design. And our offense has that potential. You're just not running those plays or you're not. And when you do, you execute them, but you don't execute them enough. It's just so much like simple things that can help this team out. And you're just not doing it at all the thing that frustrates me the most is just um you know like that offensive line doesn't have that much experience and then on a third and one I think it was it was it might have been the right guard stepped on Carson's foot and tripped him it's it's just stupid things like that can (laughs) that can just mess up the whole game for you almost yeah and then I mean we can't uh we can't forget that uh Jason Kelsey uh, somebody pulled up in, in 62's jersey and, and played center for us on Sunday, but I don't think it was Jason because, I mean, low snap after low snap after low snap. I mean, it wasn't just one or two. It was like five or six that were like, what are you doing? And that cost the Eagles yeah. plays, and they were in important plays, and that led to the Eagles not being able to convert uh, any third down. And to think that this this Eagles offense – didn't convert a single third down uh, is criminal 
And that just goes to show you, you put up 17 points without converting a third down. Um, mm-hmm. That's remarkable in itself. If you, if you think about that, 17 points without converting a third down, if you could convert even 30% of those, I think that yeah. – that equals more points that equals 10 more points in my opinion, whether that be nine more points and just extra field goals. But uh, this offense has got to figure it out. Um, I would have said they got to figure it out and there's no better opponent than the, the two and seven giants. But I mean, the, the easiest opponent until we get to the end of the schedule is going to be these Cleveland Browns. And if you can't figure it out here, I don't think that you're going to get it figured out. All right, everybody, that'll do it for this episode of the Birds of Broad Street podcast. If you enjoyed this one, as always, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, on Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review. While you're at it, go ahead and follow James and I on Instagram, at Fresh Prince of Philly, at Eagles fans. That's where we'll post any new episodes of the podcast, as well as other Eagles breaking news, updates, and rumors, and other dope Eagles content. We'll be back with a Browns preview episode, but until then, go Birds!